You're listening to the gurus every time. I didn't do it last time. I did a fine introduction last time, but I keep forgetting my words for this. Okay. Gives me some to edit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. You're listening to the Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast, hosted by your ABCs, Andy, Brian, and Carrie. And the quote of the day is, think of all the locks, security systems, and storage units we use to protect our property, and how little we do to protect our time. Near all indistractable. That's a good quote. That is a very good quote. And that's what this, I think that when you think about this chapter, that's exactly what they're talking about is that piece, right? Is being able to um, take a look at your time management and do better. And that is, I think that's a key way of step one of being able to, you know, commit to better things because if you sit and say i have to do this these things have to be done but you're unorganized then there's probably a chance one may get done out of the three (laughs) but if you block it you will get down a lot more and then the good thing about this book is he's talking, he doesn't just say, Hey, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's, let's do this. He actually goes into the nitty gritty about how to set up, you know, your email, your phone, you know, your notifications, things that happen that will be distractions. And I think that's so important when you talk about, you know, you think about it, it's just so um, easy to do. But at the same time, it's something that we don't do because it's time consuming to go set that up and figure some of that out. So you're like, oh, I have no time. I don't even have time to do that. But, you know, really to be able to get back time, you have to be able to do this. And it seems silly, some of it. But um, I think at the same time, I think it's valuable. I think that is the, uh, I guess you'd call it a paradox, right? Then in order to have time, you need to use time. <laughs> right. Need right, right. Do, you need to uh, go about it a little bit differently. I was thinking about um, another quote I heard. Uh, I don't remember who said it or where I, I heard it. That has to do with time. And it says, instead of saying, maybe it was essentialism. It might have been in, in, in uh, that book, Essentialism. Um, but he says, instead of saying, I don't have time for that, say that it's not my priority and see how that changes, um, your emotional outlook on it or the way other people approach you about it. So, you know, I, and I think that that is a really good way of, of thinking about this in particular, right? That we, we do have all these security things to help protect us. I and mean, we have locks on our doors, um, at the simplest uh part of protection you know and now we're, we're getting into all these smart home security systems with alarms and cameras and you know all that kind of stuff um but time oh, i don't have any of the, i don't have any of that i mean i have some alarms and things on my phone but 
you know, I can choose to turn it off. I don't prioritize it like I do my my car or my home. You know, if I wanted to protect my time as vehemently as those things, I probably would go and, and take time to set those things up on my phone. I take the time to walk around at night to check the doors, make sure they're locked. That's a, that's a guy thing. <laughs> Is it? Totally a, a guy thing. Yeah, if you look, whenever you go visit somebody and you're staying in their house and it's like nighttime and everybody's saying goodnight and see you later, it's inevitable. The guy is always going around checking the windows and checking the doors huh. to make sure everybody's safe. You should, just so you know. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going I'm, I'm to let you know if you come to always... my house. Yeah, if you come to my house, um, I'm hoping somebody takes somebody out of my house because I just have too many kids that are in it and hoping one of them leaves or gets taken. I don't care which one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please take one of these kids off of my hands. They're not they're not supposed to be here. No. Um, yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. Is it, is it funny that we talk about that though? Because there is there like for, and I wonder if there's some stuff for females that, that um, because that sounds like a traditional male thing, right? Um, what do females do that, um, that they do to protect things? I, I think about that. We make lists. And I, when I come in the door, whether, whether it's two o'clock or six o'clock, I lock the door. I don't check it later because I locked the door when I came in. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I lock the door when I get out of the car. I lock the car. I come in most of the time. Um, but don't ask me where my keys are when I can't find them because every time they're in the refrigerator. In the refrigerator? Yeah, because when you when you stop at the store to pick up some groceries on the way home and you have milk, milk's in your hand and your keys are in your hand because the milk doesn't fit in the bag with everything else. So you open we the refrigerator, are... you open the refrigerator and you put the milk in and the keys and close the door. Wow. So we're headed down a road at least in, in this moment of uh different gender experiences regarding time and responsibilities. And, and uh, you know, we did just read Burnout not too long ago. Talked about the, uh, the I guess, the differences, you know, that, that women will experience and compared to men. I just am reading a book called Fair Play. In addition to this book, Indistractable, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, either of you. Fair Play? No, yeah. By Eve Rodsky. And it talks all about evening the playing field in today's modern world where men and women are are really um, more and more um, partners. Whereas back in the day, it was more like men were just uh, working and then coming home and women were doing everything, 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 everything under the sun, right? For the most part. Um, but yeah, so... What I hear you, Carrie, talking about is, is this whole thing of like, well, men will go and do these things because that's kind of like just what they do. They need to go around and protect. But like women, we're, we're way ahead of you. <laughs> we're, we're, our mind is going a million miles directions. And maybe that's why we're forgetful. 
of uh, where the keys are, right? Because like we are prioritizing other things. It's not that you don't have, I mean, you really don't have a whole lot of time as, as women, right? Compared to men, men will be busy, but we're tinkering on toys and, and projects and things that we deem are as important. And we kind of take advantage of that. And we are, we're willing to say, no, this is my time. It is a priority. And I have the luxury of blocking that time out and then letting things slide more onto the woman's uh, to-do list to be in charge of, All right? At least that's uh, the burnout and the fair play stuff that I'm reading about. And also a lot of the research that I've um, uh, looked at, you know, I work a lot with, with um, female clients and their experience with anxiety and feeling overwhelmed is absurd and the things that they have to do and the feeling like they cannot let them go because of the social pressure mm. or the marital pressure that if they let that go, they are going to be a failure as a, as a, as a wife or as a, as a mother or just as a, as a woman in today's society it is ridiculous. It is, anyways, that's my soapbox for this. Uh, how long was that? Five minutes? Jeez. <laughs> You guys need to just like tell me to shut up, or Brian. That's important and all, but like, do, do you know uh, what though? You're that's going. It's, you're just it, going. <laughs> but it's okay because I think that's what's great about podcasts is that we're talking about this book, and then we go down a, a tunnel, a, a rabbit hole, and then we come back out. You know, we always come back out. But I think it's interesting that being able to recognize, especially when we talk about time management, that there might be differences between people and genders and ages like and what you get caught up with um i have never i've never been with a female that does lock their um or does lose their keys but i do know a female that loses their credit card everywhere mm. and it's in their purse always but it's in that big mom purse and it's always like, okay, where's the credit card again? You know, we're about ready to pay for something. We bought some food and uh, I don't know where it is. <laughs> and I'm like, it's in the mom purse somewhere in crazy locations, but it's in the mom purse, fairly sure. But it's crazy that it's just an, ex like, I'm like, I put it straight in my wallet. And it's, but I don't have a mom purse, which mom purses are traditional. Like everything goes in there. There's medicine, there's, yeah. you know, everything goes in. And it's just a different experience because of what you have to care for, you know, to the woman to care for, right? Like there's right. no reason for a man not to have a man bag to carry some of that stuff around. But we're like, nah, I just, I just want my wallet and my keys in my pocket and now my Correct. phone, right? Woman's like, well, if you're not going to carry anything, then I got to because we're just going to have to make do. And you know, it's it's traditional. <laughs> it's it's definitely a traditional role that some of us and I don't even recognize things like that. And that's the thing that some of these books have brought out is that there is some differences, and I don't think one size will fit all. And then even today, there's even differences between generations on how female males interact together in that. So I think that you just, you know, you have the Gen X's, Gen Y's, Gen Z's, millennials, whatever. They all have a different perspective on some of these roles. Um, 
And I've been caught out a couple times where I said something that, you know, was highly, highly upsetting to one of my friends because I said, okay, dear, no worries. And the deer put them, they felt that that was a putting somebody into a traditional role and they got really mad about it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was very <laughs> upsetting to them. And I was just like, uh, wow. But they were also, you know, at the time they were really young. This was like maybe 15 years ago, but, um, but it was really interesting, but it, it definitely has that. Do you think that what he gives in techniques and stuff, though, is a general is it a generalization about time boxing? Does that really work for everyone? Those are questions that I have. What do you think, Carrie? Coming from, I mean, you're the you're the female in the group. What is that time boxing? How does that work for you? And what, from a female perspective, is maybe missing? I think that the time boxing te technique is 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 great as far as um, setting your, your schedule in advance, assessing your time. So if you have a specific day where you have a meeting or you have three meetings, and then the rest of the time you have uh, available for you to work on projects or get things done, you know, whether it's a weekend, you're going to paint something or you have something that you're planning to do. I think it's, it's helpful to have the time box strategy and set everything in advance, but inevitably things come up it's life. Life happens. Uh, but I think that when, when it comes down, down to it, there are so many distractions that happen and you have to figure out what works best for you not to be distracted. This is all about what are those things that come up out of, you know, the corner of your eye? Is it really something that you need to put your focus in on? Well, yeah, if somebody needs your help with something, whether it's um, a family member, a coworker, a pet, something, you know, that's in in inevitably immediate that you need to get onto, then you need to do it. But if you're trying to write something because you're doing a blog post, or maybe you have a presentation coming up and you have that firm deadline, when you're running out of time, you're not going to get it done. But if you time box yourself a couple of chunks of time in advance and say, I'm going to get half of this done, or I'm going to get part of it done and and set yourself up for success you might end up not having that time that end of time threat looming over you that causes anxiety and panic and some people have their best work come out of having no time or limited time but other people need more time to process and 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 put themselves into that project assignment presentation thing around the house whatever it is did that answer yeah. your question <laughs> it does but then this this is the interesting thing and i was thinking about the difference some differences so males do they get distracted so when i time box something mm -hmm. i kind of stick to it i'm like this is what's going to happen and this is what once it's time boxed it's like there's no distractions because i've time boxed it there's no Hey, the kids are whining because I'm like, hey, this is my time. It's kind of. Um, but I definitely stick more to a schedule. If I know I have a schedule, I stick more to that schedule. And I think that, um, for instance, my wife, 
will be more <coughs> distracted by Sorry, no worries um be distracted by kids that are um out and about you know oh they want to go now they want to go can we go to the park instead they're like no we got this thing to do you know this is the thing this is and that's the easy distractions because little grandkids will come up and say hey what's going on i want to play and you're like no this is my time i can do it easily christy my wife cannot cannot do it she has such a hard time with that one with having the little ones come in and like completely take us off route there's and i think it's just that whole grandmotherly mom thing that comes in and she's she pays the priority in the room changes the priority of it and i think that that's where he starts talking about prioritizing but just knowing that um certain things will always pop up that are going to be a higher priority just like what you're saying like hey if somebody's if a death happens in the family or some emergency happens in the family it's drop the drop whatever you're doing and go do it but it's knowing that those priorities are there and maybe labeling those as priorities and communicating that, especially in a relationship, being able to label the priorities that really are more important, like hanging out with the grandkids, probably more important than watching Netflix and, you know, hanging out, you know, just watching maybe. some stupid Netflix things sometimes, but it, yeah, it's all context, right? Tonight mm -hmm. we're going to, here's our rule at 9 PM kids are out of our room like any grandkids that have been straggling and want to watch shows with us at 9 p.m that's off and the kids go in but we had to set that time and say that's the time because otherwise then you know and that is time boxing because otherwise then me and christy have no time and then we feel like you know and you can do that for 20 years believe it or not i know some people um you can do that for 20 and then you don't have you you like don't have any couples time and it's just been all about kids. And then you kind of lose yourself. And I think that that's sad, but you know, well, I think again, that just comes down to the priority. What is it that you're willing to trade? You know, it comes down to trade offs. That's all. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, trade offs and values, you know, so we talked last time a lot about values and how do you figure out what's important to you? Um, you know, what basically guides your decisions. And so, you know, if you value your, your grandchildren or your job or your hobbies or your friends more than anything else, and something happens, someone dies in the family, but your friends are more important. You might just be like, no, not going, not going to the funeral. I've, I have this dinner plan with my friends. It's more important to me. You know, I mean, I would look at them and be like, really? It's a family member, right? But I have no idea what their relationship was to the family member. I have no idea what's going on with that person. And, um, you know, what's going on with their friends. Like maybe their friends is like having a moment or of, uh, and, and need some help. Like, I don't know what's going on, you know? And so like looking around. And um, thinking about like what everyone else is doing with their time, what they value and why they do what they do. Man, I feel like that is such a waste of time. 
You know, we're talking about getting distractions. Stop getting distracted by what other people choose to do with their time. And just focus on your time. True. You know? And then what I really like is the fact that he points out that you have to be the center of some of this decision making. Like, figure out what your priorities are. Um, and this kind of brings me to some me time. And, you know, Brian, I thought that that was really cool. So Brian recently went on a trip mm-hmm. to lovely Sedona, Arizona, which if anybody, again, has never been there, it's absolutely breathtaking. And there is not a bad view in the house at, in Sedona. There's, it's just everything's like picture, picture taking quality. <laughs> Even when it's raining, like it rained our, uh, our last afternoon there. We decided to leave early because of that. We didn't, uh, I mean, we still didn't get home until Monday late afternoon and everything. But uh, my goodness, even in the rain with clouds and, and, and stormy everything, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that's just beautiful. You've got clouds against the red rock and you've got all the green juniper trees and things. And it's like, goodness. You know, I'm in, I'm in Utah, so I have Moab. Moab's red rock country. St. George down at the south is red rock country, but you don't have the greenery in those places like you do in Sedona. It's ridiculous, the contrast of red rock with green juniper. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, that's one of my so Sedona is one of one of my favorite places. Um, and again, I, you know, so I, I go down there to be more in that vortex of whatever, if you think of a vortex, but I just think it's a pretty cool place and it centers me. The big thing, though, that you did, did, though, and this is something that you said, I have a priority to mm-hmm. go do something. And you had to go set all this stuff up because your wife had to know that you were going to be leaving and you have a young child. Mm-hmm. So she had to be OK with it. And I think that it's really cool that because there had to be a lot of communication. You can't just leave without a whole lot of communication with others about what you're doing. I'm going to be leaving for four days. Um, and it can't just be your idea because then, you know, uh, people won't be happy if it's yeah. just your idea and you're going to do this. You could be a little bit more persistent with it and say, this is what I would like to do. This is me time. I really need this to generate. But you still have to communicate that to somebody who's taking care of your kids. But but you're able to do it. And this is the biggest piece here is that I think everybody should take an example in this and do something at least once a day for yourself and set aside time for yourself for me time to be able to re center to, you know, do a hobby, something that um, makes you happy and kind of, you know, gives you some peace. And then that will help create better relationships with others because you'll be in a better place. You won't be that cranky, mm-hmm. so busy, too busy, doing so much stuff. I don't have any time for myself, person. Mm-hmm. Um, make time for yourself. And I, I think, Brian, what you did was a perfect example. I feel like so many times, I've had to do that a couple times that I didn't communicate it properly. I still did it, but it wasn't received well. And I didn't communicate as well. And this was when I was younger. And so I know what the opposite of that looks like of leaving and, you know, things being like, hey, you're leaving me with a lot of things. And I'm just like, yes, that's right. But I need to get away. Communicating your needs, 
being able to adequately tell somebody this is my time. And that was another thing is that even within like uh, being able to be indistractable at work, you know, that focus time, letting people know that there's a focus time. He talks about putting a little card on the on the monitor saying, this is my focus time. Don't bug me. Things that give physical cues that you're not to be bugged. They used to have headphones that if you wanted to, you could go into focus mode and it would put a light on it. Mm. And so that people would know this is indistractable time. And it, I think that's the things that I think about when I go to work. And now that we're doing the return back to work, how am I going to set those priorities at work so that people don't get into me time and especially with a lot more of those open floor plans it's less of the cubicle life and it's more of the open floors for most businesses they found that they really um kind of thrive in uh, collaboration but there's times where you just want to have focus time so being able to set that up as you go back into the office is really important i almost feel like it's more um it's easier to have focus time for me when there are other people around it's like if i have the option to talk to someone mm-hmm. then it's like okay i can if i want to but do i want to and then i won't but if it's like i don't see an option then it's like well i want that option i want it i'm gonna go i'm gonna create that option for myself because like the pain of sitting and doing this thing which is really boring is awful you know but if i'm sitting and doing a boring thing and a person right next to me is also working and doing a boring thing, then it's like, oh, good. I have camaraderie here. I don't have to talk to them at all. But that's just me. I'm a very, very um, social type of person. And I and I thrive off of being around others. I can work for hours and hours and hours just having someone there. I don't have to necessarily talk about anything or, or, or have breaks. Just having someone there. And so, you know, knowing yourself, doing some self-exploration, what is it that you do best under? Because everyone's going to be different. Um, that's that's crucial to figuring out how to manage your time. Some people might be like, ah, no way. You put me in that situation. There will be nothing done. Well, he talked about that. He talked about that in the book where he he did a almost like a Zoom buddy. I don't remember what the, what the app was called. And so you get paired up with somebody and you have a certain amount of time and you're in your office where you are and they're wherever they are. And you have that time together to be working, but working separately. And then you even give each other ratings and reviews. I can't remember what the thing was (laughs) called, but I was like, I might need to think about doing that from time to time. You know, it's, it's, you know, when you're at home and you're trying to get something done with the deadline, that might actually be kind of cool to to see how you do. Sometimes, ha- you. isn't that interesting? And I was thinking, why does that work? And why mm-hmm. do, and that's, why does that work for you, Brian? Why does having just somebody in the room with you, even though they might be working on a different task, working on some completely thing, I do notice that when I'm in the room by myself, I'm probably looking at my phone a little bit more. But when I have somebody in the room with me, I'm not looking at the phone as much and I'm not easily distracted by the things that I'm trying to, you know, there's nobody else here. I guess I could just do whatever. 
Um, I'm not getting up to go to the bathroom as much or getting water every, you know, every hour. I'm usually more in my chair and working because somebody else is doing, maybe it's, is that maybe it is like, if you see somebody else working, we're, you know, maybe there's this shaming thing that happens or, Hey, I need to be like that person. Is that kind of what, like from a psychological perspective, I wonder how that works or sociological perspective. I couldn't tell you the science behind it. I haven't looked into that. Um, so just based on my own personal experience, I can tell you that it, I really feel like it's it's just a comfort safety net kind of thing. You know, the fact that I know that someone is there in case I want to talk or in case I need a break mm -hmm. puts my my thought at ease, you know. Um, the distractions are less likely to show up because I'm not looking to get away from pain because the pain is gone. I look to social interaction to escape the pain of boringness, to escape the pain of monotony, you know, to escape the pain of, of loneliness even, you know, and so just having, and this is one of my love languages too, though, if you, we talk about, um, you know, the type of uh, love that you do best with from a partner, you know, Great, great book, people. Five Love Languages. I would look into it, readers, if you haven't. It's awesome. But I am I'm one of those. I, I am uh, um, quality time, you know, and I can sit in the same room as my wife and have her be paying zero attention to me. But if she's like right there on the couch next to me, I'm good. I do like her to pay attention to a jazz game or two when I'm watching a Utah jazz game. Go jazz. Here's my plug. I know both you and Andy, uh, you, Carrie, and Andy are uh, in different states rooting for different teams probably, but that's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> anyway, anyways, that's not a distraction. Uh, that's not a tangent at all. Go, what team do you like? What? Utah jazz. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean... I don't think I've ever that. met it. I've never met a jazz fan. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I no? thought, oh, he's a big fan of, I thought he was a big fan of jazz. I'm like, oh, that's great. He's really into jazz music. That's, that's I, great. I, I am also into jazz music. I had aspirations to be a jazz drummer at one time. I fell through. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, there's still time. I'm, you know, relatively uh, still enamored with the drums. <laughs> so it'd be it's something I can work on if I prioritize it. Anyways, go to Utah Jazz, go jazz music, and uh, Andy and Carrie. I, I wish your teams, if you enjoy basketball at all, wish them well. Mm. Yeah, my but, son, uh, my sons are uh, doing pretty good right now, actually. So. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns are amazing right now. I know. My goodness, they're destroying people. Anyways, um. Uh, so if Kelly, my wife is next to me on the couch, and there's a jazz game on, I do like her to be involved in watching this thing with me, right? Like it's, it's one of my, the things that charges my battery, right? But if you were to say like, Hey, I don't want to watch the jazz game. I'm going to be on my phone, but I'm going to be right next to you. And there's that communication that I'm good. So if I'm like in a room with someone and I need to like work on 
let's say notes or whatever and they're like hey i'm gonna work on notes and you're gonna work on your notes or something like that and we're just gonna sit and we're gonna do this i'm like okay yeah that person's right here i feel that comfort i feel that closeness and therefore i i can focus because i'm not concerned about the loneliness that's not a pain i'm feeling anymore in the moment that i need to get away from I will say this last night I watched a show and um, I was deeply disturbed by the fact that Christy didn't want to watch it with me. And I don't know why I was just like, Hey, aren't you watching this great show with me? It's a great show. And I think it was because I wanted somebody else to say, wow, that's crazy that that just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wanted some companionship in the moment. I wanted that. I wanted that like, Hey, yeah, that's crazy that that just happened. I can't believe that that, because usually, so Christy's always like the, I was biting my nails off person. And then she was on her phone. And I'm just like, we're watching this. It's kind of a drama-ish, you know, storyline episode series thing. And I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, hey, and one of the grandkids is, well, he's watching it. So that was kind of better. It was kind of okay. But I was like, Christy, you're missing the great show. You're You're missing the great show right now, right? right over here in this same you're in the same room with me you're on your phone and we're watching this great show you should be doing this with us now you know <laughs> hey hey over here and i realized that it's just i miss the the quality time of spending it with people that you think would appreciate things like that yeah and isn't it funny how in those moments when we're like hey Wow, you you need to do this with me. We're like trying to hijack the other person's time. We are. We're we're, we're superimposing our value onto them in that moment. Like this is important to me, so it's therefore important to you. <laughs> is it? Is like, that a? Is no, that a? Not. So, Carrie, here's my question: <laughs> Does that come across to the female mind as like this self-centered? jerk guy next to me who's like just once always demanding do you figure do you think that most of your time is sometimes taken by your husband's demands and you just give into those more because that's kind of what you do or is it kind of an equal thing where both of you guys kind of do your own thing and you guys have an understanding but but if a male or if your husband was to say hey this is what i want to do would you just drop it whatever you were doing to go and do stuff because you know males are a little bit more needy i hope you don't do that carrie wow that was loaded i don't know <laughs> if i want to answer that carrie no. I, I want you to explain the female experience for every right. female out there I right know. Now. I know. Right. Right. I'm but like just walking right into her... that. You're making me walk right into that, uh, <laughs> dude. I um, I think that it, it it depends. It's situational. You know, I, I don't think that 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 occurs in this house, um, at all. But I see see what you're saying about shared time. But I personally can have headphones on listening to something while we're watching something, or I can be reading a book while we're watching something at the same time. That's just kind of how I am. I, I can do, I can be present, but I'm not necessarily present. Does that make sense? So sometimes I'll be like, wait, can you rewind that? Because I'm not watching it fully 150%. 
because I'm reading or I'm listening to something as, as well. So I miss those opportunities to be present for those really cool things that happen. Like you're pointing out last night, something really cool happened and you wanted to talk about it. Um, if I was there, I probably wouldn't have been present enough to have that conversation either because I'm doing something else, but I'm still there. I'm still sitting, you know, where I'm sitting, I'm in the same room, I'm participating. I am really watching whatever that is, but I'm not watching it 150%. I'm not fully so you're present. saying you're distracted. I'm distracted because I'm trying to I'm trying to merge in what I want to do with what you want to do, so to speak. Ah, so, see. you know, it's the same but, thing as like going to the pub and there's a game on and we're watching a game on this channel and then there's a game on this channel and then there's a game on this channel. But then I'm looking at my phone <laughs> or I'm listening, listening to something. But then they're like, oh, did you just see that? And I'm like, which team are we watching? What channel? What? Which TV is it on? on yeah. This? And oh, by the way, I'm looking at this post on Instagram right now. So I'm kind of busy. I mean, you know, that's kind <laughs> that of. That is this book's better right there. I am, inst <laughs> I am in indistractable all the time. I. Or distractible. The, right, right. I mean, this book was written for me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and like me when well. he's saying to like hack, hack back your time and hack back your distractions on your phone. I'm like, oh, I'm turning off all those notifications and those sounds and those things. I can still open the app and see what I want to see. But do I really need all those pop-ups from that one app that I'm not really present on, but I want to be in the know and keep up with my friends? You know, do I need all those pop-ups? No. Did you, that... did you turn, did you turn them off? Yes. Yes. I turned it, I turned off the notifications and I turned off the sounds. That's and the pop-ups. There's a couple of apps that I'm like, I'm not really active on here right now, but I'm still on here. I'm present, but I'm present when I want to go in it. See, that's a good, but that's a good way because he does. That's a good, what you brought up was the fact that the human mind really is not able to multitask. And mm -hmm. there's been several books written to that point. And, the, and he brings this up in this book as well, is that the human mind cannot do two things at the same time efficiently bolt with both of them. You can't do hundred percent. Now, what he does bring up is, is that there's an efficient way of multitasking. And the example would be driving and listening to audiobooks. And he brings that up. And that's something that I do. Like I'm sneaking in an audible inseparable. That's what I do. I listen to this book while I'm driving to work. Um, and then I'm able to do two things. I'm, you know, doing a mundane task. Like maybe you could even be, you know, washing your clothes, laundry, maybe doing chores around the house that are somewhat mundane. You know, there's not a lot of thought to it. And then doing something else to get some time back by, hey, I have to also listen to this book. So those are two things that you can go and coincide together and you can efficiently multitask. But most things are not multitaskable. Um, like watching television and looking at your phone and trying to keep up with a conversation. <laughs> I just got distracted. I was I was muted, and I was looking up a thing on the internet to add to this conversation. And in so doing, I just got distracted and missed basically everything that was just said. But did no you find what you wanted to say? I did. Okay, I imagine what you said was great. Listeners, 
look, you are you are participating in a podcast episode um, about being indistractable with individuals that are distracted. Um, we are normal like you. Everyone gets distracted. It is not the worst thing in the world. It can be if it's so intrusive on your biggest and most important values and priorities in life, right? Andy, I apologize for not listening to you. Carrie, I apologize for not listening to you. In the last few minutes, I'll be better. Now, Carrie, I did I did find my uh, thing I was looking for. I'm excited about it. So we're talking about time management, right? Using your time wisely, saying no to things, using all these different types of hacks. Well, there is an actual time management um, personality type quiz that you can take. Have you guys heard of this? No. No. Okay. I'm not sure if it's in the book. I've not read it yet in the book. But there is a time management style that everyone person probably has. And there's... um, you know, different quizzes and things like that. I don't know if this is the official quiz or something. I was just Googling it. Um, I know that I am the type of time management person where I work best in 25-minute blocks. I give myself 25 minutes, and then I take a five-minute break, and then 25 minutes, and then a five-minute break. As a therapist, I can tell you um, this would work ingeniously, but my time frames don't allow for it. And so it's actually a very big struggle in my sessions for me to like stay on task for the full hour because i do tend to start to go off on tangents ask my clients i can't tell them who you are but if you know who they are you can talk to them and ask them they'll be like yeah brian gets on tangents and it's really funny or really annoying i don't know <laughs> they'll tell no, you but sometimes <laughs> i think that this is the questions so there's and there are times where you need to listen to listen and really be under and understand them and then there's times where you need to be able to convey an idea so those tangents make sense because you're trying to emphasize the points that you're trying to make which maybe it's a new idea and that's why people come to as therapists to be honest with you is to get new ideas so a tangent is probably welcome especially if it's a new idea to them cognitively to be able to address issues. So going down that rabbit hole is probably fine because you're introducing a new idea and then substantiating it with different other things that help surround it to make the point. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. That's why they pay you. I mean, honestly, that's what your, what your job is, is to say, Hey, you have this problem. And instead of just being a guy, I've known therapists that do this, that just listen to you and then they don't really come up with anything. And then there's therapists like yourself that say, hey, I hear you. And let me now tell you my side. This is a technique that you are, you're going to want to do at home to help you with this situation. So I listen to understand. And then now I'm able to convey an idea that's going to be new to you to be able, and I give enough detail and rabbit hole information to help fill in the gap so that it's very fully understood on how to progress and how to proceed with this technique. Well, I think, you know, if you're, if you're going to like traditional therapy and what they ask you to do, like you're supposed to be doing all this like Socratic questioning and like, kind of like just helping guide a person to finding their own answers. 
all the time people go to therapy and they're just like, tell me what to do, right? right. And um, am I robbing the individual of personal growth opportunities and personal insight if I just tell them? Well, probably yes, but at the same time, uh, if the client is wanting to have some answers, I'm going to give it to them. <laughs> you know? Well, now, sometimes though, a person getting an answer to a question that's not the answer they wanted is problematic. So, um, and that's why you're going to have those therapists that are more or less listening and asking more clarifying questions. Um, they're using techniques though, that are hopefully guiding you to a, a greater insight and helping you find your answer yourself. I have told clients before, it's like, well, I know, I know it would work, but I'm not going to tell you, you need to, you need to think about this a little bit more. You know. I think that there's times where that's the case, right? And then there's times it's not. What do you think, yeah. Carrie? I mean, I think that there's, I mean, it's coming up to your own ideas is great. And, but if you're out of ignorance, not aware of how to proceed, and then you're stuck, then you're coming to get answers like that answered. So it just depends on the situation and the person and where they're at. You know, I can't, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm stuck. And I don't know how to proceed. I can explain why I'm there, but being able to uh, break up that dam so that then real, you know, fruits can come out of it is important. And I think sometimes that's why a therapist is helpful. What do you think, Carrie? Oh, definitely. Um, I I also think too that sometimes just hearing it come out of yourself, like as you're walking through the situation and talking it out sometimes it ends up helping you because you realize I'm not crazy about what's going on. This is real. My feelings are real. My feelings are being validated. And all of a sudden, after you get it out in that safe space, you're, you're getting yourself in the right direction. Does that, does that make sense? You're, you're, you might not have the answer and and the person that you're speaking to in, in Brian's role might not be giving you the answer, but just having that opportunity to be validated and to feel that your feelings and everything that you're going through is important helps give you the courage to embrace whatever the situation is. Maybe you're not going to solve it immediately, but having that support and that kindness and that compassion can be huge so i yeah there you go that is that is it's really great no that is huge it's an important thing but and you put back into the compassion piece which is seeing other people and recognizing their needs and realizing it's not all about you and uh having that compassion is always part of your life is extremely important because it gets you out of self-centeredness, which is um, we actually are all so important to have connections with others. And I think that's what we're talking about is that having a sounding board, having people to talk th through things with um, is is important. And being able to be that person as well, of being able to be the sounding board, the venting board is also out of compassion, extremely helpful and kind to others. So, yeah, always. 
Um, we are at the end of our show, folks. Uh, I have a meeting in like now. So, uh, <laughs> so you gotta get uh, going. I have All to right. get going. <laughs> well, I think that this is good. Um, you know, we're so listeners, <clears throat> excuse me, listeners, we are um, still reading the book Indistractable. Um, today we dove a little bit more into um, time management and, and what that looks like for you. We've compared and contrasted between um, at least the experiences here of Andy, Brian, and Carrie, the, the male experience of Andy and Brian, and the Carrie experience as female. And, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're just trying to figure out life along with you and how to be better users of time. So thank you for joining us. Uh, maybe you look into the time management personality types, take some quizzes, figure out what you are, and we can also bring that up next time. Um, for now, though, uh, hang in there with us. Continue to read this awesome book. And we'll see you in our next episode. And be your own guru. Oh, and also we have a bunch of places that you can go contact us. So uh, <laughs> don't forget Oops. that. <laughs> we forgot. Don't, don't forget asked. that. Yes. Don't forget about that. Don't be distracted by the fact that, oh, yes, over here is some guru podcast one at gmail.com. Come check us out. Go eat, listen to us an email. We're also on Instagram. At, uh, podcast. Yep. And uh, we literally never post there. So uh, we will be because now we have Carrie to keep us accountable. So uh, we'll be going there. Yeah. Putting, all all right. the burden, putting all the burden on Carrie. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have another planning session one of these days. We'll yep. divvy it up more fairly. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll talk more. Everyone, uh, like you said, Andy, uh, be your own guru. <laughs>